Welcome to this week's episode of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate. What's up, man? What's up? All right. And for this week, we're going to be combining all of the podcasts into one. Uh, we'll see whether it's a regular thing going forward. I know that this is definitely something we've done before. We've got NBA, we've got NFL, and we've got NHL all wrapped up into one. We're definitely going to talk about each thing um i guess we'll start with the nba playoffs uh and we'll start with the play-in um yeah things have been getting really exciting so far to start um we'll look at some of the results from tuesday uh, the first play-in uh, for the seventh seed uh the brooklyn nets beat the cleveland cavaliers 115 to 108 um so yeah like uh, i was uh, looking at part of this game it looked like uh, brooklyn like they were leading by like I think at least 14 at a time, then Cleveland was actually able to bring it back. Um, yeah, I guess just give me your thoughts on this game about like what you saw. And and I guess, yeah, um, it, it was a great win for Brooklyn, in my opinion. But I guess, what are your thoughts? I think it was a great win for Brooklyn. Um, it, I'm guessing that so for Cleveland, they probably um, were hoped to win, but um, Brooklyn's a really good team. They have a lot of good players. It could have gone a lot, gone a lot worse, but um, I think it's impressive that the Cavaliers were able to kind of keep it this close without Jared Allen. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, Brooklyn, they dominated. I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie combined had almost 60 points, which was pretty insane. Um, yeah, they were just able to get things done. Obviously, they'll move uh, into the seventh position. I believe they'll be facing Boston. We'll definitely take a look at the bracket in a sec. But I want to get to the other seventh seed game, this time in the Western Conference. Uh, we'll look at what happened between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the L.A. Clippers. Uh, the Timberwolves come out on top, 109 to 104. I was definitely checking out this game as well. And, I mean, what was interesting to me is that the Clippers were leading for pretty much most of this game. And they end up losing it uh, right there at the end um, in the fourth quarter, pretty much. Um, yeah, good win for the Timberwolves. Uh, good effort, though, by the Clippers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? I'm pretty impressed because um, the Timberwolves are basically showing that um, they're really about winning this season. They're not just a team with uh, talent that doesn't have the will to win. And they showed it against beating a Clippers team that they were they're pretty much a playoff level team. Um, obviously, um, it doesn't look like they had Kawhi, but um, they were still relatively healthy. Norman Powell was back. Paul George is back. They were healthy for the most part, and the Timberwolves were stable, still able to beat them. Yeah, I was actually surprised by this result. Um, I thought that the Clippers, like they, they've been so hot ever since Paul George has come back. I thought for sure they would you know, be able to get the win here. Obviously, that doesn't happen, uh, so they will have to play in the eighth place game uh, to get the eighth seed uh, against whoever wins the the ninth seed game. So that's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, we'll get to the ninth seed games right now. Um, both games are currently still going on as we're recording. Uh, so uh, I guess taking a look first at the, the Eastern Conference game, um, it looks like the Atlanta Hawks 
are leading the Charlotte Hornets in the fourth quarter. So it looks like the Hawks should be able to get the ninth seed, and it looks like they'll be the ones uh, that will be playing against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I guess just in your opinion, um, how do these two teams stack up? Um, I guess Cleveland will get the home game, obviously, but do you think Atlanta has a chance to upset them? I think they have a chance as long as uh, Trey Young and Clint Capella are healthy. Yeah, I definitely agree. Trey Young is pretty much the the star um, of this Hawks team. Like he's he's pretty much the heart and soul. And as for Clint Capella, I think he has a double double in the game currently going on right now. He's just fantastic uh, in terms of of getting boards and just being that main big man there um, for the Hawks. Yeah, it looks like Trey Young has like twenty four points or something like that as we speak. So two big parts of this Hawks team. I definitely like them against Cleveland. I think Cleveland will be lacking that big man in Jared Allen that potentially could stop Clint Capella. Um, But then again, anything is possible considering Cleveland is at home and considering they were able to keep it close with Brooklyn. So we'll definitely have to see how that goes. Um, The other ninth place game is just getting underway uh, between the San Antonio Spurs and the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, The winner of that game obviously will face the LA Clippers. I guess in my opinion, I think the Clippers can be either of those two teams. Even as a Spurs fan, I think if the Spurs do get past the Pelicans, they're going to have a tough time with the Clippers. I guess give me your thoughts on that, that potential matchup. I think for Spurs versus Clippers, I kind of see the Clippers winning that. Um, I think against the Pelicans, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to tell, um, especially, I guess, depending on the health of um, Brandon Ingram. I think if uh, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and JB are all in. It's going to be a lot closer. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just don't see the Clippers losing back-to-back games. Like I feel like that this team is built to win in the playoffs. So I feel like that they should be able to get through, but we'll definitely have to see, uh, I guess, who they face. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see whether they're able to get through. I believe those uh, two eighth-place games will be played on Friday. So that'll definitely be something interesting to check out. Um, Yeah, I guess looking at um, the playoff bracket as we speak, obviously the play-in isn't done, but we definitely want to get, I guess, our opinions out on the bracket before the actual series get underway. Um, I guess we'll start in the Eastern Conference here. Um, The Miami Heat against the winner of the eighth place game from Friday. Um, yeah, how do you think uh, any of these uh, potential eighth place teams would stack up against uh, Miami, whether it's going to be Cleveland or whether it's going to be Atlanta? I think um, kind of depends. I feel like uh, the Heat should be able to beat both the Hawks and the Cavaliers, um, especially the Cavaliers. They're not um, fully healthy. They're still a relatively strong team, but I think that the Heat should be able to match up with them, especially without Jared Allen. For the Hawks, I think it could be a little bit closer and might go to six games against the Hawks. I think with the Cavs, it could be like maybe a five or six game, six game win for the Heat, depending on um, how far the Cavs decide to push the Heat. Yeah, I mean, the Heat could maybe push it to four games against Cleveland, like especially if everyone's on the court for Miami, um, if they have like a fully healthy team. Um, Yeah, Cleveland, I just 
really don't know how they're going to be able to keep up with all the talent Miami has. I think people are underrating Miami a lot this year. Um, I definitely think they have a really solid squad. I also agree with you against the Hawks might be closer, like five or six game series. It could push seven, depending on how hot a guy like Trey Young gets, because uh, we have seen him in the playoffs and we saw the Hawks go on that surprise run last year. So definitely be interesting to see. Then we got Boston against Brooklyn. I know a lot of people are picking the upset for this series. I don't know. What are your thoughts on, I guess, the series in general? Which way do you see it going? And I guess potentially how many games? I think the series can go either way. Um, I mean, obviously, the Nets are a really talented team, and they might be the best seventh seed that we've seen in a long time, especially considering it's a seventh seed with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on it. So there's definitely the potential for an upset. That being said, the Celtics are a really good team themselves. Um, they have Jason Tatum. They have Jalen Brown. Um, Marcus Smart is a great defender. And they play um, really they play really good offense. They play really good defense. Um, they can push the pace. They should be able to match up with the Nets, but I feel like um, Andre Drummond might actually be the difference maker, mainly because I feel like the Celtics, they're a little bit smaller than the Nets are, especially at center position. So I think it could go to maybe six or seven games, but I feel like the Nets should be able to win because I think Andre Drummond should be able to out-rebound or help out-rebound Celtics. Yeah, definitely six or seven games, 100%. I think that both teams will get their chance at victories. Um, yeah, I definitely think that Brooklyn, especially if there's a chance they do get Ben Simmons, they'll definitely be a lot uh, – They'll have a lot more like star power, in my opinion, um, especially like a lockdown defender like Ben Simmons would be like crucial on a guy like either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. So, um, but yeah, I guess we can't sleep on Marcus Smart either. He's one of the better defenders in the league as well. So, um, yeah, both sides, they can play defense, they can score. The first game, Boston is favored by four and a half. Um, I just might go with Brooklyn there, you know, being the underdog considering yeah, they're good enough to beat them straight up. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you could probably see um, Brooklyn win this. They have the talent. Um, I believe that they they should have the coaching. So I think they could actually start off on the right foot. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see who's going to win that series. I don't have a prediction as of right now. Um, maybe I lean Boston just because we haven't, gotten the confirmation of Ben Simmons, you know, getting um, into the lineup yet. So I think that Boston might have a chance considering how hot they've been and considering, yeah, Brooklyn, they still have some holes that they need to solidify. Um, I, I guess hopefully getting Ben Simmons will sort of help them with that. Um, we, but we'll get to the next series now. It's the 3-6 the series, the Milwaukee Bucks against the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, the, considering the way the Bulls have been playing, I think this series could get ugly. It might be like a four or five game uh, series win for the Bucs. I don't know. Do you, do you give the Bulls any chance here? And if you do, I guess how many games? It's hard to kind of justify the Bulls, um, honestly, winning this series based on how we've seen them play. I'd like to see the Bulls go on, go on a run. But again, Lonzo Ball's been out for like a large portion of the season by now. Um, I don't think any teams had an answer for you know, stopping Giannis. He just kind of goes to the basket at will for the most part. So 
Um, I feel like the Bucks should be able to win this. I think I'll say six games mainly because the Bulls are good, but honestly, I think this season they're a little bit too dependent on Levine, DeRozan, and uh, Vucevic right now. Yeah, I think for me, even giving the Bulls a game right now is very tough. They probably will get one considering they do have the talent. DeRozan can pretty much go off at any time. So I might say like Bucks in a five, something like that. I know the first game, the Bucks are at home. They're favored by 10. I'm just pretty tempted to take the Bulls at that point, considering 10 points is a lot for a playoff game. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like the Bulls, they're not just going to kind of um, fly down. Again, they do have the talent. It's just that um, would they be able to win a seventh game, seven game series? I don't think so, but I feel like um, the Bucks beating the Bulls by 10 is kind of a lot. So I'll go with the Bulls as well. Yeah, for sure. And let's get to the 4-5 matchup. It is the Philadelphia 76ers against the Toronto Raptors. Um, this is definitely a series where I could see Toronto upsetting, considering how well they've played against Philly to close out the season. I don't know. I think it's been like three straight games or something like that. They've beaten Philly. I don't know. I can definitely double check that, but they've definitely had a lot of recent success uh, against the 76ers. And yeah, head to head, Toronto's won three out of the past four meetings. I guess, what are your thoughts on Toronto's chances in this series? And I guess how many games? I mean, I guess they do say that playoffs at the regular season, they're, they don't always um, correlate with each other, but it's it's good to know that even with the addition of James Harden, that the Raptors can keep up with the 76ers. And the Raptors, they're a little bit small at center. I feel like the, the players, they're more like power forwards playing at the center position, but they, I guess as a team, they're so good at defense that they manage to kind of slow the other teams down, so... I feel like this could be another close game. So I feel like if the Raptors win, it might end up going to seven games. I think if the 76ers win, it'll probably go down to like maybe six. Yeah, for sure. I, I probably think the same thing. Raptors probably have to win it in six or seven. Um, if they're up in the series, I think they definitely close it out at six, being at home for that game. But yeah, it'll definitely be interesting for sure. Um and yeah, the Raptors uh, are underdogs heading into game one. Uh, Philly's favored by four and a half points. In the, in those um, four games uh, stretch that Toronto had against the Sixers recently where they won three out of four, they covered the spread every single game. So I think I would go right back to the Raptors as underdogs. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you just kind of got to go with what the stats are showing right now, so if the Raptors are, cover, are covering, then might as well just go with the Raptors. For sure. And now we'll bounce to the West. Um, Phoenix Suns, first seed, they'll be playing the winner uh, of that Clippers and potential Pelicans or Spurs eight-seed eight place game. Um, I think Phoenix just dominates no matter who it is. Uh, if it's the Clippers, actually, it could maybe stretch to six or seven games, in my opinion, but I still think Suns come out. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess it's going to be kind of the same story throughout the whole season. Um, don't bet against the Suns. I think even, I think if Kawhi plays, it might be a little bit closer. It could go down to seven games, but for the most part, I don't really see the Suns losing um, this series. Isn't this the rematch of the Western Conference Finals, if I'm not mistaken, from last season? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, hopefully Kawhi can come back because I definitely would like to see the Clippers go on some kind of a run. Um, if he does come back, I definitely could see a chance that they could upset. But uh, without Kawhi, yeah, I, I'm definitely siding with the Suns as well. Um, yeah, we'll move to the 2-7 the matchup in the West, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It looks like the Grizzlies are starting to get everyone back. John Morant's back. Uh, they're rounding the gang back together off the injured reserve. Minnesota's been hot as well. Um, I guess give me your thoughts on this series. I think this is an interesting series because I think um, at the beginning of the series, if you looked kind of at the roster, you would have assumed that um, John Moran's carrying the team. But I think that the team in general proved that um, it's they're playing like a team. It's not just John Moran carrying everyone. Everyone's pulling their weight. So even against a team like the Timberwolves that have um, they have D'Lo, they have uh, Carl Anthony Towns, they have Anthony Edwards. Um, the Grizzlies, I think they're they're at least a match for that, maybe even more than a match. So I feel like um, the Grizzlies should be able to win, but I think um, the Timberwolves should be able to push them to at least six games. Yeah, I was going to say around six games as well. Um, yeah, They could get it done earlier, depending on how hot Memphis gets. We've seen them go on hot runs throughout the season. Um, and then, yeah, I guess looking at the spread of the first game, it looks like the... Grizzlies are favored by six and a half at home. I don't know. I'm liking the Grizzlies to cover the spread. It does. It's not too big. They've been great at covering all year. I guess, do you maybe like Minnesota to keep it close? Or I guess, what are your thoughts? I think for now, um, because uh, the Grizzlies have been one of the more consistent teams, um, I guess, throughout this season, maybe just go with the Grizzlies first. And then depending on how the, I guess, this game kind of goes out, then maybe we kind of switch. Yeah, like Grizzlies are one of those teams that we've been hammering all year. They've been so solid. They've been covering. They've been winning. Yeah, I definitely like them in game one for sure. Uh, we'll get to the 3-6 series. Uh, it's the Golden State Warriors at the Denver Nuggets. Uh, so many factors in this series. Um, yeah, I guess just give me your thoughts on uh, the potential result at the end. Um, I think that this is going to be an interesting series. I'm not sure if Jamal Murray is going to be playing, but hopefully he will. He will be. Um, I feel like without him, it's going to be a lot tougher for the Nuggets to kind of on top of this series, especially with how many um, stars that the Warriors have and how good their offense is in general. So I feel like without Jamal Murray, I'd maybe say Warriors in five. But I think if Jamal Murray plays, then uh, I guess the Nuggets might be able to get another game. So I'd say Warriors and six. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting because um, Steph Curry's status is also up in the air. Um, it just really uh, looks like, you know, uh, he's going to test his foot out. It's going to see if he's ready to go for the first game. Um, my guess is he's probably going to play considering it's the playoffs, but I will definitely have to see about that. Um, for Jamal Murray, uh, at the end of the day, um, apparently they're just leaving it up to him about whether he wants to play or not. They said it's unlikely he's going to play, but uh, it definitely is up to him. So um, 
Uh, my guess, like uh, this is just my guess based on the reports, is that I think Steph Curry is going to play, and I think Jamal Murray won't play in Game One. Will he come back in another game in the series? There's the potential for that. So, uh, I think Game One. I think the Warriors are favored by six in Game One. I think it is safe to go with the Warriors. Um, I think they have the deeper team, and if Steph Curry does play, uh, then they have their entire starting five back, and I think that it's pretty much a no-brainer for them. And I, I guess, what are your thoughts on Game One? Yeah, I think I'd go with the Warriors in game one as well, even um, with Jokic playing um, like an MVP and orchestrating offense the way he does. I think the Warriors still should be able to pull ahead. Yeah, this series will be tough for the Warriors, though. The Nuggets will definitely win games. It should be like around a six-game series, in my opinion, or so. But I, I definitely like Golden State for sure. Uh, moving to the 4-5 series, we've got Dallas against the Utah Jazz. Um, I guess break down this series. I guess who who do you give the edge to? I guess how many games do you think it'll go? This is kind of an interesting series because on paper Dallas is weaker without Porzingis, but they've actually been playing better. So it's kind of hard to uh, gauge exactly how well um, the Mavericks are gonna gonna do. And I feel like the for the Jazz, it's kind of like um, a kind of like a prove it. Year, if that makes sense, because they got to show that they're not just a regular season team, but they can win in the playoffs as well. I think it's gonna probably going to go down to rebounding. So I feel like if Rudy Gobert plays really well, then the Jazz might be able to take this. But I think this is going to be another close series. I think it might go to seven games. Yeah, I think I might lean towards the Jazz just because Luka did suffer that injury and they don't even know if he's going to play in game one. They don't know how many games he's going to miss. Um, and him not being at 100%, we saw what that did to the Mavericks last year, how that ruined their playoff series there. And it could do that to them again. So um, unless I can see that Luka's fully healthy, I think I'm just going to have to lean with Utah. They might win in six or seven around there, like you said. Um but yeah, I, I definitely think that Luca has to be 100% healthy for this team to do any damage in the playoffs because we know what kind of a player he is. And yeah, I think this Utah team might just be a little bit deeper. Uh, they haven't played up to their potential. They'll definitely have to do that. But yeah, if there's if Luca's missing any type of game, uh, like any, any number of games, I, I definitely think that that's something that, that's not good. And I definitely think that that favors the jazz for sure um i guess game one the jazz are favored by four and a half on the road which means they're assuming luca's not going to play um yeah i think if luca's not going to play i I take the jazz to cover i guess what are your thoughts yeah i think it's uh going to be a lot easier for the jazz to cover this without luca with luca um it might be a little bit more difficult but i think just go with the jazz either way All right. And yeah, that's pretty much our playoff preview for the play-in and round one. Definitely um, took a look at different things there. I think we're definitely set in the NBA for this week. Um, So let's just move right now to the NFL. Uh, I guess the big piece of news that came out was Derek Carr signing an extension with the Vegas Raiders. Uh, He was a Pro Bowl quarterback this year. He had a really solid season. He took them to the playoffs. Um, yeah, um, he got a huge deal here. It's a three-year deal worth 121.5 million. Um, yeah, he's, he's making good money. He's playing really well. Um, 
yeah, I guess give me your thoughts on this move. Uh, it looks like the Raiders are loading up. They're going to be in a tough division this year, but I guess what are your thoughts on, um, I guess, him and his value to this team? I think he has a great, great value for this team. Um, even though he is um, a quarterback that he's he likes to sling the ball a lot, is he the best, um, I guess, quarterback in terms of rushing? Not necessarily, but um, they don't really need a quarter, quarterback that can run with the ball. They just need a quarterback who can uh, throw, and Derek Carr can definitely do that. He's, uh, he's really accurate with the ball. He's really good at passing. And they ended up um, getting, I think, Devontae Adams as well, if I remember correctly. So um, that should be able to, I guess, definitely help the Raiders. So I think they could make the playoffs um, again for the NFL, but we'll have to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, one note, I guess, is their head coach is former Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. Obviously, he's used to not having a quarterback that rushes a lot as he had Tom Brady and Mac Jones while he was in New England. So I think that he's a great coach that's going to support Derek Carr and he can definitely bring out the, the most out of him. I mean, you got great talent there. You got Devontae Adams, you got Darren Waller, you got Hunter Renfro. So and not to mention Josh Jacobs is one of the top running backs in the league as well. So great offense there. Um, he's definitely a guy that's going to potentially even take a step forward even after signing this contract. I know some players, they they get the big money and then they sort of you know take a step back, but he's one of those guys that could sort of buck that trend. He could definitely uh, take another step forward considering all the talent around him. So that's definitely something to look out for. And I guess talking about Derek Carr, let's get into a bit of fantasy talk. Um, let's talk about some of the, the top offenses heading into the 2022 fantasy season. Um, I guess we can kind of do this like a draft style and go back and forth. Uh, so once uh, we list off of uh, an offense that we really like to draft from for fantasy heading into next year, then they'll be taken off the board. And we'll sort of just go five and five and we'll list uh, uh I guess uh, 10 teams total that we like. So uh, I guess for your first team, um, yeah, what's a team that you would really like to draft from uh, next year? And I guess just talk about which players uh, you really like in that respective offense. Well, I guess I'll start off with the Buffalo Bills. Um, they have a really good offense overall, especially when it comes to uh, passing. So obviously um, Josh Allen, He's really good at rushing and he's really good at passing as a quarterback. So um, in fantasy, that's pretty important. You'd want a quarterback that can kind of do a little bit of both. Um, in terms of receiving, they have um, Stephon Diggs. They have uh, Dawson Knox. So there's uh, definitely a lot of talent in terms of receiving. Um, in terms of their running backs, they're a little bit weaker in that. But I think for the most part, can definitely take a look at the bills yeah for sure uh, near the end of the year Devin Singletary definitely came on the scene a little bit so he definitely has the chance to be pretty easy for them next year um, obviously Gabriel Davis he's sort of ascending as a sort of a wide receiver too for Stefan Diggs and then obviously they brought in Jamison Crowder as well so definitely some good options there I definitely agree with that um, I guess an offense that I really like um, I know I definitely don't want to do this, but yeah, we just talked about the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I think I might go with them as my, my first pick. I think that 
Um, yeah, they're they're definitely really solid um, in terms of their offense. Like we talked about it, Derek Carr, uh, quarterback uh, for fantasy. I know he's not like the the top level quarterback because he doesn't rush, but I mean, he's a great guy that you can get, you know, if you sort of punt quarterback early and you grab a late starter or you want like a, uh, like two mid round quarterbacks and, and then he can sort of be like that high end backup for you. Yeah. He's really solid. Uh, we talked about Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Devonte Adams and Hunter Renfro. So many solid options there that you can draft in that offense. I mean, yeah, like I, I definitely uh, like this team. I definitely think that they're going to be a great offense heading into next year. Yeah, I guess just going on about the Raiders a little bit more. I think something that's good about the Raiders is even though they have a team that's with a quarterback that's not necessarily the ideal fantasy quarterback, I think this is more or less an ideal team in general to draw from because you have um, players from multiple positions that you can draft. So, for example, you have Devontae Adams, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Darren Waller, you have Josh Jacobs. So that's pretty much um, all the all the like offensive pieces that you want to look at is already all in one team. So most likely um, in the early, I guess in um, rounds, like whenever one of these players are available, available, they're probably going to be one of the players that go first. So I feel like the Raiders, they might end up being one of the uh, most drafted teams yeah I definitely agree and I guess for your second team uh an offense that you really like heading into fantasy I guess uh, which team would you take I guess um, I'll stick with the AFC West right now and I'll go with the Kansas City Chiefs um just as an offense they've been good um for almost every year they have a really good quarterback in Patrick Mahomes he's being looked at as kind of like the next man of, of the league right now. So um, they, they definitely have quarterback right there. For running backs, you have Clyde Edwards-Solaire. Um, you have, uh, I guess, Juju Smith-Schuster. You have Marcus Valdez-Scantling for wide receiving. You have Travis Kelsey for tight ends. So in terms of like um, extremely dominant um, wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, he's not going to be in Kansas City anymore, but you do have some wide receivers that have definitely some high-end potential in Judas Schuster and uh, Marcus Valdezian. Yeah, for sure. Kansas City, as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, their offense is going to be electric, and you're going to be able to draft guys from there that can produce. Uh, maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire takes that step forward this year, considering they really need another like high-end playmaker, and he definitely has the talent to be able to do it. Obviously, Travis Kelsey should be the number one tight end off the board, considering his production. Uh, it's been so solid. And then, yeah, you mentioned the wide receivers. I definitely agree with that. Um, I think for my second offense that I'll pick, I'll go to the NFC this time, and I'll go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, Tom Brady's uh, he's come back. Uh, he's one of the best quarterbacks you can take in fantasy. Doesn't have that rushing upside, but he throws a ton of touchdowns, a ton of yardage. Uh, he's definitely going to be really solid. Obviously, we don't know if Gronk's going to come back, but Cameron Brait's there. And when Gronk was absent, Brait was catching a lot of touchdowns. So he's definitely a guy that should be great in the red zone for you. Maybe draft him as your second tight end. He'd be solid. At running back, they have Leonard Fournette. They have Gio Bernard. Um, yeah, those two are really solid. Fournette should be as dominant as he was last season. Um, and then in their Super Bowl run as well. Then obviously, you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and now Russell Gage at wide receiver. So, yeah, you're, you're pretty much good to go there. 
Um, yeah, they're solid wideouts. They're going to get a lot of catches considering they have Tom Brady throwing to them. This is a solid offense. Um, maybe you have any thoughts on that? I like this offense. It's pretty much complete. They have players at every position, even if they're not necessarily um, like, I guess, high-end running back ones. They're definitely still like a low-end running back, back one with um, high running back one potential, like Leonard Burnett. Um, and it's pretty much the same with like every single position. They may not necessarily be at the top um, of like any chart in their position, but they'll be pretty high. They'll definitely be competitive. So I feel like they're going to be another team that um, they're probably going to go not necessarily their earliest, but they'll go pretty fast. Yeah, I definitely agree. I guess uh, what's the third offense that you want to take off the board? I guess for my third offense, um, I guess I'll go with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think last season they had a really good start for, for their season. Um, they have a lot of really good players here as well. Um, Kyler Murray, he's another um, quarterback good at rushing and he's good at passing. You have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Rondale Moore, um, you have Zach Ertz as a tight end, so that's really good. You have um, James Conner, who's coming up as a running back right now, so definitely a lot of choices on Arizona. Yeah, I definitely agree. This uh, this offense, uh, they were really solid last year. Yeah, you mentioned all the names. Kyler Murray's solid. You, he's probably a top five quarterback off the board in fantasy. James Conner, that's his backfield now. He's definitely going to be solid. Then, yeah, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz. I mean, yeah, this team's full of studs that you can draft in fantasy. I'll definitely agree with you on that. Um, I'm actually going to steal a team that you might have wanted to take with your next round, um, and that's going to be the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm going to steal them because I think their offense is great, especially if Deshaun Watson is starting for them at quarterback. Yeah, there's a lot of great pieces here. You got Deshaun Watson at quarterback. You got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt at running back. Um, got Amari Cooper at wide receiver. Um, obviously, they could maybe use a wide receiver too. I think there's a chance uh, Jarvis Landry does come back. If not, Donovan Peoples-Jones is solid. Anthony Schwartz is there. They have Jakeem Grant, and they might even draft a receiver as well. So you have a lot of good players there. David Njoku um, is going to be there at tight end as well as Harrison Bryant. So, yeah, there's a lot of options to choose from there in fantasy. Um, I guess maybe talk about your team. Uh, they're, I guess, my third offense I'm taking, but I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like this team, especially on paper. It's just going to come down to um, how Kevin Stefanski decides to restructure the offense. I guess that's how the coaches in general decide to restructure the offense. But obviously, if you have talent on your roster, you're going to find a way to use it. And they definitely have talent here. Obviously, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, David Joku. You have two really good running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You have Deshaun Watson. You have Harrison Bryant. So, yeah, there's players at pretty much every position. And even, like, for running backs, you could get both Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, they could both be drafted. I'm not sure if you'd want to draft both of them on your fantasy, but maybe you can and maybe it would work. But yeah, the Browns, they definitely have a lot of choices as well. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. I guess getting to you for your fourth offense for fantasy, I guess, uh, which team would you take? I think for uh, another option, I think maybe you could take a look at the Rams. I mean, they're the, the defending champs of the NFL right now. Um, they have an extremely deep roster. Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup basically just catches whatever he wants to. Um, Allen Robinson, again, he was extremely talented with Chicago. He was just not able to find the quarterback um, that kind of helped him out. But now he's on a team with an extremely good uh, quarterback in Matthew Stafford. You have Tyler Higby, you have Cam Akers, you have Daryl Henderson. So, yeah, a really deep offense all around. Definitely agree. There's a lot of great pieces to draft from there. Cooper Cup had an all-world season last year. You mentioned Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson. They'll be solid as well. And Yeah, Matty Stafford, I mean, you can draft him in your top 12 quarterbacks. He'll be solid. We saw him do that last season. He's definitely got a lot of arm talent. So, yeah, I agree with you. The Rams are definitely going to be solid. Um, actually, let me stick in L.A. for my fourth pick. Um, I'll go with the L.A. Chargers. I really like this offense. They're definitely going to be really solid. Justin Herbert, man, I think this guy, you could probably take him in your top three quarterbacks off the board if you really want to. He's got that much talent and production. He can rush on the ground as well. He's got a big arm as well. Um, really talented at quarterback. Got Austin Eckler at running back. He's probably going to be like a top 12 running back as well. And then obviously you have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen at wide receiver. Josh Palmer's on his way up as well. And then, yeah, they just got Gerald Everett at tight end. So, yeah, this is a great offense. You, you can find a lot of great pieces for it in fantasy. Um, yeah, I think both offenses in L.A., I think we can both agree that, that they're both pretty solid. Yeah, I feel like um, whoever's a fan of Los Angeles teams, they're going to have um, a much more difficult choice of who to root for this year. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, you got one more pick. There's a lot of great offenses still left on the board, I guess. Uh, who's a, a fifth offense that you really like? Yeah, for the fifth offense, um, it's really difficult because, as you said, there's a lot of good offenses this year. Um, I guess this year I'll go back to the AFC CD North. And I feel like they're a little bit underrated in terms of offense. Well, they're not really underrated, but no, I think some players that you can definitely look at. Um, I'll go with the Bengals. So um, I'll go with, I guess they have Jamar Chase. They have Tyler Boyd. They have T. Higgins. Um, Joe Burrow is extremely talented. They got um, Hayden Hurst. I think that he does have some upside still. Um, he is a little bit older as he's a veteran, but he can definitely put some work in. You have Joe, Joe Mixon. Um, you have Samaje P. Ryan. So... Yeah, and on paper, you might not necessarily think that they have the most op give the most options to pick from here, but especially um, in terms of receiving, they definitely have a lot of talent. Yeah, I definitely agree. That was definitely going to be my fifth pick if you didn't take them. Um, I definitely agree with everything you said on the Bengals. Their offense is great. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of great offenses in the AFC. We seem to keep going back to them. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, great offenses. And you know what? Uh, I was down between two offenses. There's one AFC team I have here and one NFC team. I think I'm just going to go with the AFC team because I like the playmakers a little bit better. And I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. Um, 
obviously Tua Tagovailoa is the biggest question for them, but he's definitely a sleeper pick in fantasy. If you can draft him as your backup quarterback, he definitely has a chance to break out. He's got the legs to do it. Um, and yeah, he's got an accurate arm. So um, there's no reason why he can't break out, especially considering the talent around him. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle at wide receiver. That's two of the fastest receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. And you got them both on the same team. You got Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and Miles Gaskin on the roster as running backs. So there's a lot of talent there. It might be tough to draft uh, one or the other in fantasy. You definitely have to see how things shake out. Maybe one of them does get cut. And then for tight end, Mike Gusecki. I mean, he's one of the better tight ends in the league. He definitely has the potential to go in the top 12 uh, in terms of tight end. So he's definitely someone you can look at. Um, but yeah, I guess um, give me your thoughts uh, on the Dolphins. I really like this team. I was actually thinking about should I pick the Bang- Bengals as my fifth team or should I pick the Dolphins as my fifth team? I mean, like you said, there's real, two really good wide receivers and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So I feel like um, any team that relies on bad coverage this year against the Dolphins, they're probably going to have um, a really hard time trying to keep up with both of them. So most likely we're going to see a lot of zone against the Dolphins this year. Um, Mike Gesicki is a great tight end. I think he's a top 12 tight end, tight end in my opinion. Um, you have Chase Edmonds, you have Raheem Munster, Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I think he has the talent. He just hasn't um, used his full potential yet. So, yeah, definitely a lot of good choices. Yeah, I guess honorable mentions for me, I guess go to the Tennessee Titans and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I guess any other teams on your mind or I guess any thoughts on those teams? I guess as um, other other um, honorable mentions, I was wondering about your thoughts on, I guess, the Patriots and the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I think the Broncos can definitely take that step forward this year. I mean, you got Russell Wilson there. Um Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, you got a really talented running back um, in Javante Williams. So they definitely could end up as a top 10 offense. Um, the Patriots, uh, they, I mean, they definitely can as well. I mean, you do have playmakers. You got Hunter Henry, Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, great running backs in uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, as well as James White coming back. He's a great pass catching running back and Mac Jones could take that next step this year. So yeah, definitely agree. Both of them are solid. Uh, as for Dallas, obviously you got Prescott, you got Gallup, CD lamb, you got um, Dalton Schultz, Ezekiel Elliott. Like, I mean, they're pretty loaded as well. There's definitely a lot of great fantasy options there. And then for the Titans, obviously, uh, Tannehill, he definitely can have a bounce back season this year, especially if he gets a full year of Derrick Henry. I mean, you got AJ Brown there, Robert Woods. I mean, they're pretty talented as well. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely like those teams as well. For sure. And um, yeah, that's uh, pretty much the end of everything uh, that we're going to talk about uh, for the NFL and fantasy football. Um, so I guess, Nate, uh, I'll bounce it to you. Uh, and yeah, you can be the host as we get into um, everything NHL. So for everything NHL, um, we're just going to go over um, Wednesday's games and then we'll take a look at some pickups for you and then we'll uh, preview Thursday's games. So how does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. Let's get into it. All right. So 
Uh, we'll start off with um, the New York Rangers versus the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, really good game by the Rangers. They got a four-goal uh, shutout. Um, Capo, Capo Caco in the first period for the Rangers. Capo Caco with another goal in the second period with Artem Panarin with a goal of his own. Andrew Kopp um, finished off the third period with a goal of his own. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, definitely a solid game for the Rangers. They had a tough loss the night before against Carolina. They're trying to catch Carolina for the division late in the season. That kind of derailed it, but they get back on track uh, in this game, beating a team uh, like Philly that they definitely need to beat. So, yeah, really solid win for the Rangers overall. And then, yeah, as for the Flyers, um, they're just playing out the remaining part of the season. Um, pretty much just looking to next year at this point, they're playing a lot of young guys. Obviously, none of them got on the board in this game, but, um, yeah, uh, definitely great win for the Rangers. For sure. And I guess moving on to the next game, we have Columbus getting um, a win against the Canadians 5-1. to one. So good job by Columbus. We have uh, Jack Roslovic in the first period and in the second period as well, with Patrick Lane getting a goal in the second period. And Ryan Poling was able to um, get a goal from Montreal, which is the only goal of the game for them. And in the third period, we have Cole Sillinger and Emil Bemstrom for a Columbus. So what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, dominant game by Columbus. Uh, they get back-to-back -back wins here, um, as they did win on Tuesday night as well. Um, obviously, they can't make the playoffs, but it's great to see them now two games above 500. Columbus has started to turn things around. Definitely have a lot to look forward to for next year. A lot of great young players scoring this game. Rosleve, Line, Sillinger, Benstrom, really solid. Um, and then as for Montreal, yeah, they've struggled all year. She's just another example. Um, they definitely really need to hit the reset button heading into next season. Yeah, for sure. And I guess uh, the third game that's going, still going on right now, um, I think Colorado's up against the Kings 4-0 in the first period. So unless the Kings um, do something, it might end up being shut out with more than four goals. But just uh, what are your thoughts on what's going on so far? Yeah, Nick Obe Kubel has two goals for Colorado. Valerie Nichushkin has one, and Nathan McKinnon has one. I think all of these goals came in the first 10 minutes of the period, which is pretty insane. Colorado just pretty much got on the right foot, um, and they haven't looked back. So, yeah, uh, definitely solid uh, win. I'm calling it a solid win, even though the game's not even done. But yeah, a solid effort for the Avs in the first period. As for the Kings, yeah, this is interesting for the Kings. Definitely want to talk about sort of the Western Conference, I guess, playoff race, um, considering that the Kings have really struggled. They've only won four out of their last 10, and they could drop out of a playoff spot. They're at 88 points, and uh, Vegas is at 85. So, um, and I think Vegas after uh, today, Vegas would have two games in hand. So if the Kings don't win this two games in hand, if Vegas gets those two wins, they would take out the LA Kings playoff spot potentially. So Kings, I know they've had a lot of injuries, but they definitely have to turn things around or else. Yeah, this could really um, be a fall uh, for them. I mean, they were like, what second place um, a month ago and they were challenging Calgary potentially for first place. And then now they've just kept falling and falling. So 
yeah, not really good to see for this Kings team. Their schedule does get a bit easier, so hopefully they can't turn things around. Yeah, I guess with an easier schedule, hopefully they'll be able to kind of um, pull ahead of Vegas, but it'd be a shame just to see them fall out of the playoff race uh, right from the second. So um, hopefully they're able to turn things around sooner rather than later. And I think that about finishes the recap for this week. So we'll move on to um, pickups. So starting with forwards. All right, let's get to the pickups for the fantasy playoffs. If you've made it this far in your fantasy playoffs, you have a chance to go to the finals this coming week. So you definitely want to add these guys up, especially if you need late pickups in the week. So for forwards, I'll start with Jack Roslovic. Um, He's been insane. We talked about his two goals in the game against Montreal Wednesday night. Then he had three goals against Detroit the, the, the previous game before that. So, I mean, yeah, like he's just been on fire. Five goals in two games. He's a total of six points. He's a plus six in those two games. He's a total of 11 shots and one hit in those two games. So, Roslovic is on fire. Just ride this guy and his points and his goals. Um, he's a 6% rostered player. So he's playing out of his mind right now. Center right wing eligible. Um, yeah, he's so solid. Uh, nothing else I can say. Deep league, shallow league. If you need a guy, definitely go at him. I've got Victor Olofsson from the Buffalo Sabres. I know I talked about him last week. His roster percentage has gone up. He's not around 10% rostered anymore. He's over 15% rostered now. So people are adding this guy. Um, he's, I think I, I talked about that goal streak he had in the last episode. Um, yeah, I, I think his last game, he even had two points as well. He was a plus one. And then he also had power play points and a shot. Uh, he's been consistently getting a power play point every other game. Power play points can sometimes be tough to come by. So, um, especially from guys that you find on the waiver, considering most guys that are on their team's power play are normally picked up already. So, yeah, definitely go grab Victor Olofsson. He gets a lot of shots also. Like, uh, there's some games where he'll have over five shots. So uh, he's definitely solid there. He plays both wing spots as well. And then I guess another guy you can add is Ivan Barbashev of the St. Louis Blues, tri-eligible. He is just under 50% rostered um, because of, I guess, his potential uh, to get both shots and hits. There's games where he has both three or more shots and three or more hits. So he's really solid in that area. Plus minus is solid playing for St. Louis. And I guess prior to the Boston game that he last played, he had a, a pretty long point streak going. I think it was a six or seven game point streak. So getting a lot of points as well. Definitely go take a look at Barbershev for forwards. Sure. And I guess for forwards, uh, I think people can take a look at, I'll start with uh, Ryan Johansson first. About 41% rostered right now. I think he's added plus 4% for the last day. Season, he has 23 goals, 34 assists, plus 3 with 107 shots. So, really good all around. And for the last seven games, he got a goal against San Jose, a goal against Florida, a goal against Ottawa, and three goals against Minnesota. So, he's definitely getting a lot of goals in. He's getting a lot of shots in. So, definitely some goals you can take a look at Ryan Johansson and I guess for my next forward I'll talk about um, Nick Schmaltz later I think for the season he has 23 goals 29 assists plus 2 with 102 shots 
even though he's on a weak team in Arizona, he was able to get a goal on New Jersey. He was able to get a goal on Vancouver, and he was able to get a goal on San Luis. So it looks like for their schedule, um, he should be able to get some more goals. I think they're facing Vancouver again. They're facing Chicago. So um, definitely a chance for Nick Schmitz um, to get some goals. And I guess for my third, a third uh, forward, you can maybe take a look at uh, Jaeger Sharangovich. Again, he's on a weaker team in New Jersey, but for the season, he has uh, 22 goals, 21 assists, 143 shots. This plus minus isn't the best, but I feel like his other stats should be able to make up for that. Against Arizona, he was able to get two goals, one assist. It was plus three with three shots. And uh, in terms of their schedule, they're facing Seattle and they're facing Buffalo. So definitely some chances for Jaeger to shine a little bit. So uh, that's about it for forwards. So we have for defense. Yeah, for defense, I'll start with uh, Matias Ekholm. He's around 40% roster from the National Predators. And yeah, he's been pretty solid. Um, honestly, he's had, uh, I think he had an assist in his last game. He was plus one. And I think over his past four games, he's had an average of three shots per game. That's quite a bit for a defenseman. And he's had an average of two hits per game as well. So he's definitely contributing in a lot of categories. Um, I think he had a two assist game as well a few games back. So um, yeah, assists, uh, plus minus, pretty decent as well. Shots and hits, definitely a guy you can add up for sure. He's only available in shallow leagues though. But I, I guess a guy that's a little deeper is Bowen Byram. He's around 20% rostered from Colorado. Um, and yeah, in this game, uh, currently going on the 4 nothing game we, we were talking about, he already has two assists and he's a plus three. So great game for him. Um, and then the previous games before that, uh, the previous three before that, he only had one assist. He was plus one, but he was definitely getting at least one shot per game and at least two hits per game, sometimes even three or four. So Byram's definitely getting a lot of hits. So um, if you definitely need hits, um, and I guess that outburst of point total that he's having now, that could continue as well. So definitely go add him in uh, leagues, uh, whatever size, if you need defensemen, definitely go add him. So for my defensemen, I'll stay in Colorado for the first one. I'm going to recommend um, Eric Johnson and uh, – for the season, he has seven goals, 15 assists. He's plus 21 with 127 shots. In the goal against uh, LA, he got, I mean, uh, yeah, in one of the goals against LA, he got one assist. He's plus two. He was able to get a shot. So he's pretty well-rounded for defensemen. He's 31% rostered, so you can definitely pick him up for that. And for my next defenseman, I'll recommend uh, Mike Matheson. Um, he's 8% rostered, but he has 11 goals, 17 assists. He's plus six with 126 shots for the season. So um, should be available in most deep leagues. So if you're in a deep league, you definitely want to take a look at him. And for goalies, who do you have? Yeah, for goalies, I have Pavel Francouz again for the Colorado Avalanche. He is a backup. He's around 35% rostered. But that game where he was down, he, uh, this team came back, he got the win. He's been getting a win pretty much every start. I don't know how many starts recently he's gotten wins, but it has to be in his last like four or five starts. He's had a win every time. Um, yeah, I think he even made 39 saves in that last game. Pretty insane. It's only going to get around one start a week, but you need that solid goalie effort uh, 
for uh, of a start to sort of put you over the top. And if France is pretty much guaranteed to win, you can't go wrong getting that one start out of him every week. So, um, yeah, um, no matter what size of league you have, he's definitely a solid pickup for sure. And I guess for another uh, deeply pickup, we can maybe take a look at Scott Wedgwood. He's not really a starter. He doesn't really get the most starts, but he has 13 wins for the season. His goals against averages 3.1, but his save percentage is 91%, so that's really good. I think for the last four starts that he had, um, he ended up getting three wins. So um, when he's in the net, he looks like he's getting wins. So it just kind of comes down to um, whether or not he's going to start. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. But in terms of his performance, he's really good. And I guess that about ends the pickup portion of everything NHL. So we'll go right to the previews. And uh, we'll start off with the Ottawa Senators versus the Boston Bruins. And who do you think takes this game? Yeah, a huge Thursday slate here, a whole leap of games. Um, even though um, Boston, they've been missing some players, um, I think I definitely have to go with the Bruins here. Um, I definitely think that they're uh, the better team. I definitely think that, um, yeah, they should dominate at home pretty much. Uh, I know Ottawa has been better as of late, but um, I'd still definitely go with Boston here. All right. And uh, moving on to St. Louis versus Buffalo, uh, who do you think takes that? Um, yeah, this game's interesting. Buffalo has been pretty decent, and they are at home. I think I'll still lean with St. Louis considering how hot the Blues have been. Um, they've won eight out of their last 10, including six in a row. So um, with how insane they're playing, I, I can't fade them at this point. All right. And uh, moving on to Washington versus the Leafs. Uh, two really solid teams, but who do you think takes this? Yeah, I think you have to go Toronto at home here. They've definitely been the hotter team. I know they had that setback against Buffalo on Tuesday. Definitely looking for them to bounce back. Um, yeah, they've won seven out of their last 10. Uh, they've been really hot. Not that Washington isn't. They've won four in a row. So definitely going to be a huge clash there, but I definitely will side with Toronto. For sure. And moving on to Anaheim versus Tampa Bay, who do you think takes this? Yeah, no matter how uh, much Tampa Bay has struggled in the past few games, I think you got to go with them here. I mean, Anaheim's definitely not a team that I would really expect to beat Tampa Bay, so got to go with the Lightning for sure. All right. And um, moving on to the Islanders versus the Penguins. Um, both teams have a, a one-win streak so far, so who do you think takes this? Yeah, this is uh, interesting uh, looking at this game. Um, the Islanders did get the win against Pittsburgh last game. I believe it was in overtime. So I think I would take Pittsburgh to sort of bounce back here. Um, I know they have been hurt by the Evgeny Malkin suspension, but um, them being back at home definitely should give them a boost. And I think Tristan Jari will be in the net this time most likely. So, um, yeah, I definitely side with Pittsburgh for sure. All right. And so moving on to Detroit versus Carolina, um, do you think Carolina gets to keep their streak? 
yeah, I think so. This should be a good win for them, in my opinion. Um, Detroit has been better at home and on the road. They just have not performed at the same level. Yeah, give me the Hurricanes. All right. And moving on to the Oilers versus the Predators. Who do you think takes this game? Yeah, the Oilers had been so hot until they lost that game to Minnesota. Um, Nashville, um, they have been decent lately. They're definitely still trying to lock up their playoff spot. Um, I think the Oilers have a chance to win here. I might actually go with the Oilers. They've been really hot as of late. And yeah, apparently they're not the favorites here. So I'll, I'll definitely go with the Oilers. All right. And uh, moving on to Minnesota versus Dallas. Both teams are hot right now. But who do you think takes this game? Um, yeah, both teams are hot. Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. Dallas is at home. I might lean with Minnesota just because I feel like they've been a bit hotter than Dallas, but I definitely think Dallas is good enough to pull this off. All right. And moving on to San Jose versus Chicago, who do you think takes this game? Yeah, this is the tale of two slumping teams in the West that aren't going to make the playoffs. They've both won two out of their last 10 games. Honestly, flip a coin at this point might lean with the Sharks, but other than that, yeah, flip a coin. All right. And I guess moving on to a game you probably won't have to flip a coin on. We have New Jersey versus Colorado. Um, they're currently in the process of burying the Kings. So are we going to see another burial this game? This is going to be Pavel Francouz's game for all the people that are going to pick him up. This is the game you pick him up and maybe he has a chance. Of, well, he should be able to get the win and maybe a chance at a shutout. So, yeah. Francois has been winning almost every game. Yeah, give me Colorado. All right. And moving on to Vegas versus Calgary. Uh, who do you think takes this game? Uh, normally, I would say Calgary, but Vegas is really trying to get into the playoffs. They got Mark Stone back. They've gotten a lot of their players back healthy. I definitely think with them being serious underdogs here, they definitely have a chance at an upset. Yeah, I think I might even take Vegas here. to Arizona versus Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver has a 4-1 streak right now, so are we going to see a 5-1 streak? Yeah, they beat Vegas the other day, even though they almost lost that game, considering they had a huge lead and they gave it up. But yeah, they're much better than this Coyotes team, so yeah, give me Vancouver. All right. And uh, that's about it um, for the previous portion. So uh, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, honestly, uh, NBA playoffs... They're going to be exciting. Um, we, we went through pretty much all of the preview for that. Uh, definitely, I'm excited to see, um, I guess, what's going on there. Um, yeah, every day, almost, there's going to either be a, like a play-in or like a playoff game. I think the current game going on, the Spurs and Pelicans, is pretty much tied at this point. It's really close, so definitely going to be exciting uh, to see who makes it out of that. Um, yeah, I definitely think that everything uh, going on in the offseason for the NFL as we approach the draft, that's been pretty exciting as well. And then in the NHL, I guess just getting uh, to the playoffs, the final push of the regular season has been great as well. Um, and I guess ending um, fantasy leagues as well, whether you're in the semifinals or you're on the way to the finals, um, fantasy hockey has been great this year as well. For sure. And I guess for the NFL, I feel like the AFC, they've gotten really strong and I feel like in terms of conferences I feel like the AFC is probably 
going to be the conference where they can kind of pick a lot of players from. Yeah, I definitely agree. And some good teams are going to miss the playoffs in the AFC, that's for sure. Yeah, I feel like, I think even like the AFC North, there's going to be some, I think even the AFC West, there's like teams where all of them are good. So it's going to be really unfortunate to see them not make the playoffs just because they're in a good division. But I guess that's just how it works out sometimes. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I guess that about ends um, everything NHL and that ends um, the Fantasy Fanatics podcast for this week. So if you liked what you listened to, you can subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, give us a like, give us a review, give us your thoughts on what's going on in sports right now. And, and if you liked what you listened to, you can follow us on Spotify. You can also follow us on Apple Music and Google Podcasts. And if you need some sports picks, follow us at FanFanPodcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And see you guys next week.